Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a long-awaited episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we will be covering the July 16th and July 23rd sermons covering the introduction and the first chapter of Second Peter. We're back. We're back. And the reason we were away is because someone changed their name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughter, Olivia, has changed her name to... Ty. That's her last I name. I went and got hitched. She's hitched. So uh, every time I call her now, I address her as Mrs. Ty. So uh, she and her husband are back from their honeymoon. And several of you who have uh, contacted me and saying, what's going on with just one more thing? We, we miss it. So we're back now. And she's gotten married. And uh, it's all good. So we're back for a while now. And we're in a new book. And we are. I know when we were in First Peter, a lot of people asked, are you going to do Second Peter next? It's the logical next step. So let's jump in to Second Peter. So the sermon from the 16th was called To Avoid Being Blindsided. Yes. And the reason why is because Peter deals with something very different in the second book than he does the first book. In the second book, I believe it's chapter 3, verse 1, which we have not covered, but he references this is the second letter I've written to you. And in the first letter, Peter wanted to encourage and give hope to Jewish Christian believers, Jewish believers who had trusted Jesus as their Messiah. And what he was dealing with there were the hostilities that were affecting the community from the outside— from those who were outside of the family of faith. And so that's what he mainly dealt with. How do we act? How do we endure under those tough circumstances that our culture throws at us? In Second Peter, he has a completely different enemy that he's addressing, and that is being blindsided from forces that are within the body of Christ— uh, he deals with false doctrine. He deals with uh, not growing in your faith and the consequences of that. So First Peter looks outside. Second Peter looks inside. And so that's why I gave it the title of to avoid being blindsided. Yeah, and it's interesting because First Peter, there is not a lot of debate over who wrote it. It's very widely accepted that this did come from Simon Peter, one of Jesus's disciples, now, Second Peter is a different story. People aren't ready to accept it as quickly. And even in the canonical process, it was late coming in as part of the canon. Can you explain a little bit the differences in Second Peter that lead to that hesitation? Well, it was the last book to be accepted into the canon. And um, I think partly the differences are people look at different subject matter, and they do comparisons on the words, the vocabulary, I should say, he uses in uh, 1 Peter versus the vocabulary in 2 Peter. But I think all of those are, are answerable. Um, 
people want to say there's not a lot of attestation to Second Peter, but we can look at some of the early church fathers who, in their writing, it seems evident that they had that book available to them. And so um, there, there are a lot of moving parts about that. But I tell you, after reading some of the scholarly works, which I would say the majority of evangelical scholars actually uh, put a put a question mark over this book. But they say that's okay because of the the teaching. The, the, the teaching that comes through this book is okay. I, I disagree with that view. I believe this is either a work of Peter, and we should read it, and we should learn from it. If it's uh, an imposter's work, then we should avoid it. Uh, and obviously, since I'm preaching it, I do believe it comes from the uh, hand of the Apostle Peter. There's a lot of things that could be said that's probably not the range of this podcast. I will, I will direct our listeners to a great article in the Journal of Evangelical Theological Society. It's December 1999, and it's called The Authenticity of Second Peter by Michael Kruger. And I just think he dealt with this issue in a fascinating way. He dealt with all the objections. And look, at the end of the day, here, here's the deal. When you compare the attestation of Second Peter to the books that were rejected, that comparison, they, they don't even stand up with each other. Second Peter has so much more attestation to its authenticity than the other works. There's no comparison. Now, does it have as much as some of Paul's works and all? No. But, um, you know, the, the early church accepted it, and um, I, I think that it's pretty clear that it comes from the hand of, of the Apostle Peter. Yeah, so given that this is from Peter, and he has a different purpose in writing it, um, would you explain now it's we're looking at inside the church versus outside, there's a popular idea in Christianity that based on the qualities that someone exhibits, you can tell whether or not they're a Christian. And in your sermon, you talked about how someone can be a Christian and have that foundation, but they need to build on it with these good qualities rather than these qualities being the foundation in themselves, I guess. I would say that there's a mistake that's made to read chapter 1 as being a test of whether one is in the family of faith. And yet, right from the get-go, the mindset we have to have that, that Peter lays down is that the readers have a faith just like his faith. They are believers. That is never in question. And so what he's trying to do there is get them to add to that, not to their salvation, but their salvation is firm, it's sure, but they need to grow to avoid being short-sighted, to avoid, and when I say short-sighted, seeing the world for the just the here and now. If they grow, they will not stumble, they will not fall, they will not act in blindness, they will not from our video clip and other things, and from Peter, when he says, forgetting that they were cleansed from their sins. Is it possible for a believer to forget that they've been cleansed from their sins? And Peter's answer is yes, else he would not give that warning. So that message of being short-sighted, uh, I think the majority view within evangelicalism 
sees that as a test of whether one is in the family of faith or not. And that, I don't think, is what Peter is dealing with at all. So with that being said, and I think you made it very clear in your sermon about that difference and why those qualities are important to be fruitful, to be effective in the ministry, what's the just one more thing from chapter one that if you had a second go at it, you would really want to make sure that you either mentioned or emphasized further from the sermon? Rarely when I preach a sermon do I think, okay, I covered everything I wanted to cover, but I really think I did that with this message. Um, I'm not saying it was perfect, but I felt like that I had pressed so hard Peter's meaning of increasing these qualities, these virtues that he talks about, so you won't be unfruitful, so you will be able to stand. And and I think I made that case pretty, pretty strongly. I guess one of the things I would say is, uh, I, I don't know if I emphasize this enough, but Peter says that God has given us all the things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And I think sometimes we think because of our relationship with God, God needs to answer all our questions, all our curiosities. And he and he doesn't. And sometimes because we still have questions, people can come in and they can leverage those questions uh, for ill intent. And we need to realize that in Christ, we have enough. And one of the things I talked about in the sermon was, you know, uh, after I had been a Christian for about six months and I was so excited about it, someone approached me and they said, well, but you know, there's more. And if you really want to prove you're a Christian, then you will accept this gift, or you only got part of what God really has for you. And and I think those things can take, especially young believers, off track, and they can take them out of the game, so to speak. And what Peter is wanting them to do is believe that Christ is enough, that Christ has given them all things pertaining to life and godliness, and that is the foundation. And, and, and I, I wanted to emphasize that. And if that's been established, then what do we do from here? And I think the, the thing that I would emphasize, that I think Peter emphasizes, be all the more diligent to add to. You're adding to, you're not helping your way of entrance into God's kingdom. But what you're doing there is you are building on your faith. You're growing, but your faith has been established. And there are real consequences if a believer doesn't do that. And there are real benefits if a believer does that. And so that's the that's the gist of the message. And uh, I would just strongly encourage people to listen to that. Yeah, well said. I think it was a very good, clear message. And I think similar to First Peter, I think it's really important to know the audience of the letter, like it is in any book in the Bible. It's very important to know who is it written to, what is the purpose of the writing. And knowing that Second Peter was written to believers, I think it's going to clear up so much as we look at later chapters and some of the questions that come in. So I think it's going to be really helpful, really insightful, and I'm excited to hear more. 
So thank you for breaking that down. And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.